And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 228. My name is Brando, and if you are watching on Zoom, as I'm doing more Zoom interviews as we continue to feel feel our quarantine because I'm normally in a studio, radio studio in Tribeca, which I was yesterday um, producing Q1043 and I'm wearing my, my GNR appetite for a vaccination mask, Malcolm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've gotten custom uh, masks yet, if you've gotten to that. No, not yet. I can't help. I, I bought a bunch of cat masks for my girlfriend and I to wear. <laughs> really? I bought a, a couple of uh, GNR masks, one of which I wore today, which a couple of things is going to help me introduce you, Malcolm Brickhouse, and it's going to be a nice little segue. So if you can see, I have my, my I voted sticker, and I, they also gave you a bracelet I voted, and where is it? Also a pen. I'm surprised they didn't give me like a, a tote bag. That's or, fine. Or t- <laughs> it's like you go vote and you get all the, the free swag. And uh, so I, I voted today. When we first ask you, are you of age to vote yet? Yeah, I'm 19. 19. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely voting. Right on. Okay. So the reason uh, the age is important. So that's going to segue into, uh, despite me being in radio, I hate self-promoting. So I wanted to make sure I put the sticker on my brand new t-shirt. Yeah. I just started making these available uh, on, on Redbubble. And I bring that up not just for, you know, hopefully people to check out the shop, but I noticed on Malcolm Bricks House's uh, Twitter, uh, which was formerly Unlocking the Truth, a lot of Unlocking the Truth swag or swag, whatever the kids were saying, <laughs> is, now, is now on clearance. So let me introduce, that was my, my brilliant segue to introduce you. Uh, my, my guest today, Malcolm Brickhouse, which is just a cool name. Thank uh, you. Formerly, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it, this is a good thing. Uh, formally of unlocking the truth. Well, first yes. of all, before we get into anything else, just welcome and thank you for taking the time. No problem. Thank you for having me. You know, do you uh, you've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time, and you know, when I said I was interviewing uh, Malcolm Brickhouse, some people are like, oh, who's that? And I said, oh, Unlocking the Truth. And everyone's light bulb went off because you guys really turned a lot of heads. You, you, it's, it's just amazing, especially me being also from the city. You're from Brooklyn. I was technically born in Brooklyn. You know, you and Unlocking the Truth would play, and I guess that's how you got your notoriety, in Times Square, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it started. Um, so, I mean, this is what we had so many interviews, so it just comes naturally for me to explain the story like this. Sure. So, basically, we got into metal. It was me, Alec, and Jared. Mm-hmm. If, you know, people don't know who the band is. Um, Alec was the bassist, and Jared was the drummer. Um, I was the singer and guitarist. And my dad was taking me and Jared to like wrestling shows and stuff like that. We were into wrestling when we were younger, and we, you know, we just liked the background music and I was like really into anime 
and there was these things mm-hmm. called AMV videos, so the anime anime music videos. So it's like it's like anime like fighting scenes with like metal in the background. And okay. of course I heard like hip hop, you know, like I'm from Brooklyn, you know, African American, but like I just gravitated towards the metal more. And my mom got me like a guitar to play and stuff like that. Jared was already playing drums for his church and stuff like that. And basically he came over like every weekend and we started playing band. And after a while, my mom saw the potential of what we like started like after a couple of years of practice, I guess. And she took us to the Apollo Theater for amateur, like amateur night. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. Pretty sure. You know, okay. So they used to have night that. on the Apollo on after SNL. Uh, oh wow! Okay, see, I'm young, so I. I okay. You know. Yeah, that was always <laughs> the thing when when Saturday Night Live was over, they would have night at the Apollo uh, on. Wow. And, so. And no, we did I forget that. what. I I will lose some cool points, but I forget who it was. It was like a clown that would come off and come out on stage. And use a broom to brush yeah, off. Yeah, and push them off. Yeah, <laughs> we got food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, um, we lo- we won the first round, but we lost the second round. There was like four rounds. But then after that, we just decided to take you know our performance on the streets, and that's basically how we got our, no- our notoriety. We posted videos online, and then they got it went for like a thousand views, and it just kept going up. Oh uh, yeah, and then you know. <laughs> everything else happened i know you're you're we're not going to go into your entire story because it's all documented which i haven't seen yeah. i've seen clips of uh breaking a monster but no I, I i want people and i appreciate you kind of giving us a a quick little summary because there's a lot of things just in that to to break down first before i forget it who's your favorite wrestler growing up it was the undertaker nice i was into dark things <laughs> nice <laughs> okay i love it i think he retweeted me once for something I said stupid. Really? Yeah, I think it was like the, the debate should be held in hell in a cell <laughs> or something. And he like retweeted that's that. That's Yeah, I mean, Undertaker is, I mean, all ages. That's, I hope. Yeah. I, I, they say he may come back, he may not, but still, like every time you yeah. hear that music. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that's great because there's a lot of uh, wrestling theme music that you're right. That's, that helps people get into bands or a certain style of music. And there's certain mm-hmm. songs I have on my, you know, my playlist, like The Undertaker, especially with the amount that he had. Uh, but I can't say if, if somebody hasn't been to New York, what you accomplished is so one in a million, so just so rare to happen because you go into sub, I mean, maybe not now because of the pandemic, but in every street corner, subways, everyone's trying to do what you were able to, to be, uh, have accomplished, to what you uh, accomplished was to be noticed, you know, to be seen, to sign a record deal. You, it's like living the dream. And the fact that it happened so young and you're still so young, I think there's, there's so much to be said because how many young artists or young actors, it could, I don't know, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. Do you, do you feel it's, it was good to be discovered so young? Or do you feel like, you know, it, it's cool, but you know what? Maybe I needed not to be in the public eye when I'm, uh, you know, a preteen, a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Because it's... Yeah, it's more that... I, I'm I, awkward. Because like, you I, were signed when you were 13, right? Yeah. Jeez. So, like, I guess, like, um, I would say maybe it was, it was, like, too young now that I look at it mm. from, like, being 19. But it was a good opportunity. Oh, my God. That's an Absolutely. experience. It was really an experience. 
it's an experience that, like I said before, it's a one in a million. It, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And you, yeah. you earned it. I, I could say there's a lot of like, you know, internet sensations. Like why did that guy go viral by playing, uh, you know, Fleetwood Mac song, drinking cranberry juice. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I don't know if there's talent in that. Obviously your <laughs> talent was seen and was kind of rewarded. But I was even thinking, you know, I, uh, so it's what, this, it's October, it's October 28th. So the only reason I remember this date, October 26, 1996, I was 13 because I was bar mitzvah that, that day. The only reason I remember is the Yankees won the World Series that night. So wow, okay. as a 13-year-old, I'm just an awkward little Jewish kid thinking I'm a man and I'm just like, my voice is probably still breaking. And I, you know, didn't want to talk to girls. And I can't imagine to be 13 and, and, and to do what you, you know, going on tours, major tours, being on TV. Was I it, felt like, I yeah. felt like I was still in my basement though. It didn't feel like, see, it's like, I could see how much of an opportunity it was. Like, it's always like, it's always from like my point of view now. It's, it's like perspective. But while I was doing it, I didn't feel like that crazy because I'm like 13. Like I'm just learning the world. I don't see the seriousness and what's going on. So I was like, I just went from playing in my basement, acting like I was performing places to like just performing in Times Square. And then just happening to be performing with all these other people. It just happened. Like it didn't seem like, you know, it doesn't feel like I worked for it necessarily. It kind of seemed like it happened. I'm just having fun. It was just part of, you know, how life went. I just, you know, played along. Where does that come from? Does that come from friends and family? Like, because as I mentioned, I, I, I still have anxiety. I take, I take oh, I antidepressant. Anxiety. Okay. Yeah. But that happened later on though. Um, I wasn't anxious to perform at these places. It was fun. Mm. It was really fun actually. Did the you, drama so, behind the scenes was like more of the downside, but like, but I guess like the, those minutes on stage are like the best parts. I miss that. So the coronavirus took that away from us clearly, but that was my favorite part of performing. It seemed like, cause they didn't know any of the words of our songs. That's another crazy part. We had no music out and we had a long run to not have music out. It's unheard of. Yeah. It's we weren't just... singing for the first half. So this is what I mean. It doesn't seem real. Like, it's like, you know, it really seems like I'm just having fun. Just going with, going, you know, like 13, 13, 15. That's really young. Like everything's still a joke to me. Mm. Yeah. But when you go from a basement to, you know, Times Square and you're still out, you know, people are watching you. Obviously, just the craziness that is Times Square, people honking, people cursing. Not necessarily <laughs> you, just, just, just the background noise along with the birds yeah. and stuff like that. To, opening up for Guns N' Roses, you know, how does that, how does that happen? You know, it's one thing to be discovered and, and, you know, labels wanting a part of, uh, cause it wasn't just the sound. I, it, there's, there's a look that went along with it, but how did, I guess, Guns N' Roses and opening up for Slash with Miles Kennedy, how did these big bands reach out to you? And what was your reaction to that? Honestly? Yeah, that is crazy. That- so we opened up for Guns N' Roses twice. We went on the road with Slash for like a week and then we performed with him in New York like 2018. 
um, I don't know, but a cool story that happened was um, when we opened up for Guns N' Roses, this, I think this was in um, Las Vegas, it could have been. Um, you see, this this is what I mean. Like, anybody else would, would remember exactly where they were, but to <laughs> me, it's just like, a, I was so young, I don't really remember. But, mm. like, it happened. I know it happened. So um, <laughs> It's documented with this proof. It's documented somewhere, yeah. Um, well, we came in there, and they were, like, making fun. Like, you know, the people worked for, like, sound check. There were, like, the people around, they didn't hear us play yet, so we were plugging in. They were calling us, like, the Jackson 5 and stuff. You know, just making little side comments. Then we started plugging in, we started playing, and everybody started offering us, like, strings and trying to help. It was crazy. And then they also made fun of, they, like, I have a picture with Axl Rose mm -hmm. that no one believes is real because of the way they took it. It looks like, you know, but it was really him, though. Like, I wanted it really was. <laughs> I wanted he was nice yeah. to me. Okay. All people that think he's mean, he was nice to me. But it was, it, was a quick, it, was a, it was a quick altercation in the hallway, and then that's it, you know? Okay. Did you, did he say, let me take a picture with you? Did you ask, like, hey, do you mind? Or did someone just say, hey, you too, take a picture? Yeah, with it was more like a, hey, you too, and he didn't mind you. Okay, right on. And I know that picture you're talking about. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, did, if you had a better picture of that. Yeah. Because for one, it's, it's through, I have access through, uh, through iHeart to some Getty images. But mm -hmm. that's like in another tier that I just don't have access to. Uh, oh, okay. So I was going to ask you if you had like your own copy of that for you know me to share. But that's a picture. You're you're absolutely right. If anyone see it, you can just go on Google right now, and you'll see if you just type in you know Malcolm Brickhouse <laughs> or unlocking the truth in Axel Rose, it, it looks like a deep fake Axel. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's it's really funny. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned how you were being treated. You know, it's one thing, okay, they're young, you know, they're, they're getting fame real quick. Uh, but when you hear something like just the Jackson 5, I mean, I don't, I don't, Jackson 5 are legendary. Michael Jackson's legendary. But obviously they're kind of saying it for a reason. They're not calling you yeah. new kids in the block. They're not calling you Menudo. Is that something mm -hmm. also that maybe when you were 13, you just didn't take too much to heart? Or was that, no, my were you offended by it? My mom told me that story. That's how much I don't remember it. Oh, okay. So, like, I really did not see, you know, all the things that I, you know, adults seen at that time. Mm, okay. Like, a lot of stuff. It, it's, it's crazy. Do you look back on that and kind of just say, like, yeah. Yeah, you do. Like, yeah, a lot. Is that, do those things motivate you now? Because they're, of course, and we'll talk about, you know, your your new... Uh, your new music as you departed and on uh, unlocking the truth uh, broke up that there are elements of you know hip-hop and trap music you know is this something that's like the, where labels bother you and you don't like being just thrown on a label that someone might see you and like oh they you know malcolm is a rapper which is not the case i mean you that's part of your repertoire is that something people are gonna make up whatever they want me to be mm -hmm. regardless of what i think uh it doesn't bother me, but people think I may be now. Uh, I'm literally what I was when I was younger. So, like, like maybe the people that heard me from, that were introduced to me from my metal may think my music is different now. But my music, I, like, I've always been different because I was making metal in, like, Brooklyn. So it's not new to me to do something different. Mm. It's, like, regular. 
and they'll they always have their opinion. Everybody, no, I'm, I can't make everybody happy. So that's the beauty, though. I think of being from Brooklyn, like we're we're so gentrified. We see, you know, I look outside and I see the amount of you know, because my window here in the apartment, all the different ethnicities and people, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm one. It's all in the same, but that's something that always it, it caught my eye. You know, as a, as a white Jewish kid, I'm like, they sound great. That's cool that they're young, but I hope they're not being taken advantage of or saying. Uh, just say, oh wow, because they're they're African American. You know, that's that's that, that no, was that's kind definitely of, hard of it. It's hard. I, of it. I I know it is, but which it's, I it, realized it, as I got older, I didn't see it at the time. Mm. So yeah, it, it, it was crazy. Well, I'm just letting, and I'm being honest. That bothered me to a bit, but as long as you know you were young, and that that that's important that you said you were just up there having fun, and now that you're older, you have some retros. You know, you're able to look back and think about it. But at the time, it's crazy. A lot of yeah. my music has to do with that and how I handled that later on. So yeah, that, a lot of my new, new music comes from that. Okay. And I feel like, uh, so I, I would describe my new music as I'm basically taking like, it's basically just a 2020 version of new metal. Okay. It's not, cause I guess new metal is just like, I don't know, but that'd be like rap and metal, like any other influence and metal. It's not just straight, you know, metal or rock it has like these other influences and these there are other a lot of bands like that yeah yeah there are a lot of bands like that i think i'm just taking you know people like i guess like i have the like i'm very i was very inspired by like little uzi when he came out because uh i just like his melodies they're very i don't know it reminds me of bands i, I would listen to but they're just like over 808 you know in hi-hats I don't know. I guess I recognized that early, and I didn't mind him calling himself a rock star. Um, mm-hmm. And there was just like Trippy Red and these other people. And then I was already playing metal, and then I came to the conclusion one day that I could definitely blend the two things because I was getting. I I live in Brooklyn, so the influence is clearly there. So I, I I hear rap everywhere, and the rap is not really how it used to be. It's not just rhythmic; it's like melodic now. So those I. I heard the influences that I heard I can merge them together. I was going to sick the music I was making. I just merged them together. I came up with this sound. And then there's a certain kind of realness that rap has that I feel like with lyric wise now, like it's more raw, the, the, the content of what they're talking about. I feel like metal, uh, I feel like I'm like trying to un- un- like dissect a poem kind of <laughs> with the lyrics. So I just take those aspects and I mix it together and I just make my music. So if jump off that point is the, this direction, I'm not going to say necessarily new direction. Mm-hmm. Is that why unlocking the truth broke up? Like if you can talk about why you decided to go solo and I, I know uh, your former bandmates are a part of your new record, right? Or at least are, uh, are on one song. No, uh, we played in the same video. Okay. It's just, it's just a video. Okay. But I, I fully, you know, produced the song and all that. Okay. Yeah. So then how did, because it was just, it was earlier this year that uh-huh. you guys broke up. So do you mind if I ask? You can say like, you know, I, I don't remember. No, just, broke up. it's really on. just personal differences. Um, okay. Growing apart, you know, not just growing up really. That's, that's yeah, just hard. honestly, personal differences. 
you know, and I know it's cliche, but you know, we, we all have our mindset on different things. It was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of time from like this year, from when we blew up for our minds and know what we wanted to do because, you know, there was a peak and then we, it definitely fell off. So we had a lot of time to consider what we wanted to keep doing. That's fair. And I'm certainly not going to, uh, probe for specifics because that's personal. Those are personal things. And that's part of, you know, the, the, the craziness just to use that word that you had used before of making it when and being successful so young, because those are informative years when you're finding out about yourself and, you know, I'm lucky to have friends that I've still have had, you know, friends who went to my bar mitzvah, <laughs> but that's not everyone that, that stays. And those are like my core group of friends, but for the yeah. most part, even friends, do I talk to anybody I still went to high school with? Maybe a few people I went to college with, you know, people just grow up, you know, different, you know, different uh, views on, on things. And it's, it's, I think it's better that you didn't force it, you know, just for maybe name recognition. Uh, yeah. Because then I, that probably would affect the, the music then, because now this is just all you and now you want to express yourself. So uh, what's out now? Cause um, it's, so what do you have? You have singles out now, baguettes. What's, what's exactly uh, do you have under the Malcolm Brickhouse uh, moniker, which both C's or X's, I should, uh, if anyone yep, wants to go. Both of these are X's in my name. <laughs> um, I have, yeah, there's just a bunch of singles right now. Um, do you want me to name them? Um, I mean, if you have like 20 singles, you don't have to name 20 of oh, them. But no. <laughs> if you can no, just like, like I'll, what, what I'll should you want? I'll name my favorites. I'll name my three favorites yeah, right. that are out now. Let's say Phantom has a video, Intuition has a video. And no, those are my two favorite. Those are my favorite too. Okay. Because we want to just obviously drive people with these. Are, I'm assuming they're all on, available on iTunes and Spotify. And mm-hmm. like, people to, to check them out. So are you just kind of, um, you know, writing now? Okay, this is a song. This is how I want to express myself in video. I'm putting it down now. Or is it leading to, I'm assuming it's leading to an album at some point. Yeah, it's leading to an album. Okay. <laughs> the, any... I mean, I'm sure maybe even COVID plays into this. Was it supposed to come out this year? Were you supposed to tour with it this year? or what's No, a lot of this music I've been making for a long time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm um, just dropping music. And I'm creating an album in the background, too. I have music to drop and I have, you know, creating at the same time, shooting videos, creating the image of Malcolm right now. I like Whoever that. that character is supposed to be. I like that. And this is, the, I, I think, the, the way music is being released now. You see many of these older artists, like, you know, I don't know if people want to listen to full albums, you know, solely. But the fact that you're doing kind of what uh, Gilby Clark, uh, former GNR, is, he's doing. He's had an album done for like years already, but he keeps <laughs> just releasing singles, yeah. you know, and, and develop the, uh, the, the sound and, and the foundation of mm-hmm. that album. So that that is great that you're building the brand back up and artist and, development. Artist development. You got to do it by yourself now. Record labels don't do that part for you anymore. Are you like a real like Swiss Army knife of just like you do everything? Like who? Uh, like who's your? Yeah, I do everything pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Anyone? Um, do you find it more challenging? Because I guess before you could bounce uh, ideas off bandmates, but are you? 
who are you bouncing it off now? You know, maybe you don't have to give. It's just you know, throwing a tennis ball against the wall, and that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's more it's more personal. I don't gotta ask any questions. So you don't even if it's something like, "Hey, mom, do you like this?" You know, mm. nothing like that. She she could give her opinion, but if, I, if she doesn't like it, I'm still not going to change it. <laughs> of course not. None I of really us do don't that. like opinion. Like, if someone could give me opinion, but I'm just if I like it, then I like it. Right on, right on. Yeah. To That's go back, yeah, cool. Uh, to go back, because I I don't want to uh, miss it, because I, I know some of the the GNR stuff was was brief. Uh, any other specific like moments you remember, other than kind of being. Uh, rushed into a awkward, not I don't say awkward, a not photoshopped uh, picture with you and Axel. Any other moment, like any members maybe watch you guys side stage or come up and talk to you? No. Uh, Bumblefoot. You know Bumblefoot? Sure. Another yeah, broken boy. The, uh, yep. He has a ridiculous pedal board. Yeah, bro. It's so cloudy. I don't know. It's so long ago. You guys should work but together. Yeah, uh, I have more moments to slash, actually. Yeah, so that was what I was going to ask. So how did you, yeah, tell me about how the, the slash, because you said it was like a week, week and a half, you guys tore it. And I believe because it's online, uh, there's a, you guys have played a Pier 17? Is that the, yeah. uh, which is that so was the most recent. That was the most recent one. Um, we, at least I've been so many times that he recognizes us every time we meet him now. <laughs> you know, but it's quick waves high and by a lot of security, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's just—it's not like we know these artists. You know, we just kind of meet them high and by. You know, they recognize you. you know, it's not like we're chilling with them. It's very age difference is crazy. So you know, sure. Well, I'm not thinking like you guys are going backstage playing Mario Kart together. I'm just <laughs> curious if you ever heard feedback like, uh, you know, obviously you, they liked you to take you out on tour and open shows, but I don't know if you ever heard feedback, especially p- since people like Slash, since Bumblefoot, they like to collaborate. So it's yeah. Some, no, I, I, but I'm assuming since since they they allowed us to be on tour with them, you know, that they liked us. Okay. You no, know, th- th- this is the problem. You know, being a child star, there's a lot of grown-ups doing all this other work. You know, mm. it's okay. hard for us to get in the you know the mix. I gotcha. I gotcha. So since you're, I guess it probably makes sense. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Since you're you're solo, every you're doing everything yourself. Are you thinking about collaborating with other people? Because that that is a big part of music today: collaboration and maybe genre crossovers. Anything? Um, I mean, I've, made an, I've made an interest in collaboration with one of my or like upcoming artists. Well, I'm not going to say who. Um, okay. But no, I, I don't know what what I what I actually collaborate with that's like famous or like successful. I'm more focused on my own sound. Um, I'm really working on um, just yeah. I I, I have this. I, I have my own idea of how I hear rock sounding and ha- having like you know the newer generation's attention and focusing on rock music. And making it, you know, the center of like, well, it doesn't have to be the center, but just just having kids like rock music. I kind of have an idea of why I liked it, and I have an idea of why they like music they like, and I could just bring both worlds together. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I won't keep you here too much longer, but I'm curious, since you are such a student of the genre and you're very intelligent in your approach, who, like, what musicians do you, I guess, look up to and inspire you and say, you know what, maybe when I'm 29, when I'm 39, when I'm 49, you know, I would like to be where that person was or that is. I mean, not necessarily to, be, to mirror that, you know, make your own path, but somebody you can look up to and say, you know what, I, I like the way this group or this art. This I, like, I like looking back at, I like looking back at like, honestly, like bands like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and like, man, like before I was born, I like, I like looking at those errors to see like, I don't know. I felt like metal was more, it felt, it looked like it was very fun. It was like very fun to be a metal fan during those days or like a rock fan during those days. And I would like to honestly recreate that make it make it feel young again you know for people because right a lot of mosh pits and everybody wants to be a rock star so i feel like they're making an opportunity for me you know cool. if it's if, if it's so you know i do i feel so what yeah, you're saying I, those are like my inspirations honestly i have like sound like i, I know like I, I could take sounds and put them together but those are not my like and I like looking at like metal bands from like, you know, the nineties or eighties and seeing how people gravitated towards it and what about it made them seem so majestic. Like, you know, right on. And that's something I do with this podcast because I know I'm older than you, but I just turned 37. So I w wasn't around when guns and roses broke, you know, when appetite yeah. for destruction came out, I was four listening to the Muppet babies, wow. you know, uh, so it's, but then I look back at Guns N' Roses in, in that era of the Sunset Strip and I'm like, wow, like, I wish I could have experienced exactly. that, the same thing. So I'm trying to bring that back in kind of podcast yeah. form because I don't have any musical talent. <laughs> so I'm glad somebody's, <laughs> somebody's doing that. Uh, so I, I totally feel what you're saying and I, I bet a lot of people can relate to you and I'm glad. Uh, that makes me feel good about the future of rock and metal. It, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> That it's in it might hands. take a while because you know new people. It takes you know it's hard for people to get used to new things, but you know I'm taking the journey, so you know I don't mind it. You certainly are taking the journey, and it's <laughs> the journey you've had already. And again, you're, you know, I don't want to say I can't help but be the older brother. I'm the oldest of yeah, four, so I don't want to act like that. <laughs> it's all good. I know when I'm I say young. you're only 19. No, I know I'm. Yeah, I am. Only, <laughs> I am only 19. It feels long, but it's like I'm pretty sure it's a lot longer to go. You know, people tell me the same thing, you know, but when I see gray hairs in my beard, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to die tomorrow. No, it's, it's, <laughs> apparently, I'm still young as well. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Uh, Malcolm, this was really fun. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I can't wait to Thank see. You, me too. I, I just can't wait to see what, what comes out of, you know, Malcolm on Brickhouse. Uh, is, what's the next? Is there another single on the way? Can we... What's the like? And also, there's gonna be a single, um, November. Okay. And a video before the end of the year. So. Okay. Because uh, I and I appreciate because you you followed me both on uh, Twitter. Is it always gonna be? Mm -hmm. This is because it's at UTT Band, of course, for still unlocking the truth. Band. Yeah, is they that, can look that up. I don't know how to fix that yet, so you know. Okay. Until okay. then, yeah, that's it right now. Okay. No, cool. Because I know that sometimes it's like annoying that you can't change Twitter handles. And I think Facebook yeah. sometimes lets you change uh, names. Cause, but you can still look up Malcolm Brickhouse on Facebook. Yes, they can. Uh, your YouTube page. 
And um, it, are you doing, and forgive me for not knowing, are you do, this is, the, I guess, the, the cool thing to do in the pandemic. Are you doing any live streams, anything like that possibly planned? We were thinking about doing that, uh, but I haven't been yet. No. Okay. Okay. I'm more. Um, I'm just. I'm still just crafting my sound, making music when I, you know, have the creative spark. All right. And I know if I'm next time I'm in Times Square, I know if I see somebody, you know, uh, playing metal with a mask on, I'll know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Malcolm, this was a, a pleasure. You know, I hope we get to do this again. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. And um, let me just wrap up my little podcast here because I'm going to put this just like I'm trying to do. I, I'm such a radio behind the scenes guy, but yeah. you got to build that brand. So we're zooming it so I can uh, mm-hmm. tell people future guests that are coming up. One of the co-designers of the uh, Guns N' Roses pinball. Are you a video game guy or an arcade uh-huh. game guy? Just music. If I ever, man, I, if I ever, I'm not a huge video game guy, but I, it was always like a dream of mine. If I ever have the means, I want to own like arcade games. Like yeah. Turtles, Turtles in Time, the Simpsons I game. Know, yeah. <laughs> and cool. the, the pinball machine is amazing. And uh, we're going to get with Spike from uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. I don't know if you know who they are. No. They're a <laughs> punk rock uh, cover band. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, fat. They've been around for a while. Uh, Chris, I think it was Chris Shifflin from the Foo Fighters was in there for a while. Wow. Uh, fat, fat Mike from No FX was in there. So yeah, uh, so I'm, I, I'm trying. It, it is, and so it's funny for me. I, it's this is all seems like a blur doing these episodes, getting to talk to cool people just like you. So uh, for for those who uh, follow the AFD show religiously, that's what you have to look forward to. But until next time, when are you going to see these inter- those interviews? When are you going to see them next? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.